Hi, this is Will, and this is the second of my series of interviews with uh, retired prep school teachers. I wanted to interview teachers who taught um, mainly the 1970s, 80s and 90s at a time when they had much more room for manoeuvre uh, and could therefore experiment a bit more. Um, and my basic contention was that uh, although the general standard might have been patchier, uh, that room for manoeuvre allowed for some outstanding teaching practice and I sort of wanted to recover, recover some of that and get a sense of the time uh, and the, uh, the mood of those prep schools as well. This interview's with um, Rory Darling. Uh, Rory taught at all, uh, many of the um, top prep schools in the UK, uh, Summerfields, Cot Hill, Lugrove, Aysgarth, uh, and some other ones as well I think he goes into and we talk um, about uh, his views on on teaching, what worked for him and what didn't it seems that most teachers are quite implicit about their kind of method the thing I like about Rory is he's very explicit so he has very strong opinions on uh, what's gone wrong <laughs> in prep school teaching um, and also um, what worked when he was uh, in his prime. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, Rory taught me when I was at school. He was an amazing math teacher, um, really committed prep school teacher generally. Um, and I hope you enjoy this interview. Thanks. What were the intellectual standards like, both at the prep school and the... And Wellington compared um, to now. Prep school, it was this only Horace to really do it now. I was accelerated to the scholarship form. From like, early on? Yes, having come top of my form, I was jumped up, jumped oh, up, really? jumped up. Right. Um, and then did, uh, I think, two academic years just in the, in the scholarship form. So give me a sense of what that looked like. You were sort of 11, and were you doing, were you reading I think I Shakespeare? Did. Were you, what sort of level of maths? Yes, were you I was yeah. yes. I mean, we, you know, we did binary when we were yeah. in the second forms. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I was explaining it to Anita scholarship candidate last week mm. he'd never come across binary mm. or num- uh, the basis we had to do binary back in when mm. we were nine mm. Mm. Um, um, when you read recollections from, the, from those days prep and senior there just seemed to be much more time this is so much more and there was when I first started working right. there just was so much more time and how did that help your teaching if you had more because time? I taught in the way that the people who had impressed me taught mm. I had five years of exceptionally good and some pretty grim. Mm. They, were, they were bad teachers at Temple Grove. Yeah. You know, we knew who they were, um, and and that I learnt from how not to do it yeah. from them, and how to do it. For Simon Wright, um, who wrote Waterfield School, mm. um, that is why I love history. Mm. I mean, the, from the moment I came into his classroom, uh, um, you know, I I taught history at Aysgarth till I was, till Duncan Argyle went off to become headmaster of Crawfordton, and at Christmas I had to take over as head of maths. I just taught it the way Simon mm. Wright... I still use his dates charts. I'm handing them out at Elstree. Mm. Simon Wright's dates charts are being handed out and the boys have taken so they can, be, they can become pub balls in history. They've got <laughs> I'd love all to the see kings them. and queens. Yeah. I mean, I, I've added you know, a few events on the end. He's he stopped at 1969, first man on the moon. Um, and, uh, <laughs> a few it's, more to go, isn't it? <laughs> so, but, you know, because it was 1974 mm-hmm. when I started mm-hmm. with him and mm. uh, that's how his first date chart ended. Why do you think... Um, Dates and names and events I think one of the things down here yeah. is what do the children need to know? Mm-hmm. If you're going to teach them history, they need to have that overview. Yeah. Um, I can remember at Chandling's, 
sitting through a, an assembly on the Vikings and then talking very meanly to some year three or year four children at lunch. This is quite recently. Quite recently. Yeah. So tell me all about the Vikings. I, 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 I said, tell me, some, tell me a famous Viking or a famous battle or where they lived. They knew nothing. They had a whole assembly on food in the Vikings yeah. and uh, um, they didn't know a single actual fact yeah. about what had happened at the time of the Vikings. Yeah. They couldn't, they did Vikings, Romans and Saxons one term each. They couldn't put the three. They thought the Romans were considerably more modern because Roman life looks more modern than Viking life. Um, and I was just thinking that it's because none of their actual teachers really knew any history. So they're so scared mm. of teaching history. Now, I know my history dates. You tell me a date, I'll tell you who was king or queen at that point. Mm. Um, and I said to the boys who were doing scholarship, as a, you, you know, for example, the Winchester Ancients paper I gave them in November had St Anselm with William II and Henry I. I said, well, the boys who can tell you something about the context of mm. that time may never have heard of St Anselm, He's the Archbishop who spans those two reigns, but at least they will be able to tell you roughly the time that it happened. William II's generally regarded as a sort of bit of a D-grade king. Henry yeah. I's a bit of a B-grade king. They will be able to know that Henry's reign ends in chaos because of the white ship disaster. That's on the yeah. fact sheet. They'll be able to know that William II comes after the Doomsday Book, after the you know, Norman Conquest is more or less settled, the harrying of the North has yes. happened. Yes. They can put it in this context. Yeah. And as a result, they'll be able to read any bit of comprehension or source yeah, work much anything. better than... than source work is another thing yeah, which made yeah. me stop wanting to teach history, mm, mm. because who can bore children more quickly? <laughs> um, uh, um, Ridian talked about the Daily Burt books, and yeah. I do use them because I have to, because, okay. and they are, uh, as far as you go, pretty super, because he's got all the sources in them, but it's so dire... But when you're coming to 13-year-olds, mm. then you, it mm. stops being his story yeah. and starts becoming, let's analyse a bit more closely. Yeah. But yeah. you're going to put children off if it's not a fabulous story Absolutely. at the start. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the Thin Red Line School of History may be out of fashion, but you know, it, it's I mean, the Ronald Welch books, which mm. I read avidly as a child, um, and, uh, and Aesgarth boys used to have them read to them, uh, um, uh, we we would well they we used to do pictures and diagrams in prep mm. as I didn't want them well, studying history prep how quickly yeah. are you going to yeah. put them off it you know they had to write in history notes mm. I taught them how to take notes so boys have still come back and said God it's fabulous at university now I can I can just other people can't write notes but I learnt it from you you know when they're year five they basically copied the board mm. when they're year eight. They're basically making them yeah. up themselves. Yeah. And Simon Wright taught us to do that. Mm. Um, but such a prep. You know, you know, so they copied maps and mm. pictures yeah. um, while I read them on Welch stories. Reminds me of Rory Stewart being taught the Battle of Waterloo by his dad on Hyde Park with, you know, yeah. with little um, I reconstructed figures. the Battle yeah. of um, Hastings in a classroom. That was a bit of a disaster by piling all the tables up. <laughs> on one side, I was in trouble at Yarlow well, Hall. That was the hall. Exactly, we had Harold on the top of it, and, uh, and we had the faint fighting off it. Yeah, yeah. I got in trouble because I did, literally did pile up all the desks at one side of the classroom, uh, and then I did Edge Hill. I used to do Edge Hill. Mm -hmm. We did Edge Hill completely. We, we had two forms doing Edge Hill on a lovely slope, um, and, uh, and Prince Rupert charging down and chasing them all. They chased yeah. them onto the rugby pitch at the bottom and then disappearing in it. You know, meanwhile, but, um, but mm -hmm. it, it, that's the way. Was that philosophy of, I suppose, what you call you know, pedagogy, did that 
apply to all subjects? It wasn't just history, but was it knowledge based and was it quite uh, didactic or was it any trendy group work, project work? No, no. God, I mean, well, I'm famous because I'm a, I have this aversion to scissors and prick sticks, and the sheer idea of group work fills me with horror. Um, <laughs> um, you know, I do it, do lip service, as does the two words which have ruined my teaching because they instill fear in me. It's the two words lesson plan. <laughs> yes. Let's uh, go on to talk about. You were saying earlier that you learnt from how you were taught yourself. Mm. Were there any other structures in place for development, training? No. No. No heads of departments. Yeah. The, person in, the person who taught the oldest boys generally was the better teacher yeah. and sort of said, you know, let, let, I think we'll use this paper. Mm. Um, but mm. you just got on with it. There was no head of history at Yarlett Hall. Any lesson observations? No. Um, no. I mean, how did you feel even just within yourself because that you were getting better because as a, a teacher. Good headmaster yeah. listens to his pupils he knows what his pupils are chatting about one of the things that happened when Ridian said he didn't mm. have time to teach at mm. Papplewick well mm, that's a major down mark mm. for you Ridian mm. whatever you did you must teach mm. Sid teaches at Elstree mm. Simon Barber teaches at Ludgrove even David Faber teaches mm. at Summerfields you've got to carry on making the pretense that the reason you are a headmaster is because you were a teacher before. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we're getting to the state where we'll bring in a human resources manager to run the school. A CEO or a principal, yeah. yeah. So lesson plans are one of the reasons I effectively... Because I suddenly was being given this idea that what I was doing it was in some way wrong. Because mm. you couldn't tabulate it in the lesson plan. I can't. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a Judith Lane. Yeah. Robin Bernard Hornhill said, Judith, I want to know... I want lesson plans. I want short-term forecasts. I want this, I want that... And she said, Robin, if I know what I'm doing in four weeks' time, I'd be so depressed I'd have to stop teaching. <laughs> you know, mm. It's mm. absolutely that. Mm. I mean, trust us. Mm. If you don't trust us, move us on. Yeah. And that's what happens. The headmasters, yeah. if they knew a member of staff was no good, mm. they see it in the results, mm -hmm. they hear it from the boys, they get mutterings from the parents, they move them sideways or move them on. Can we just go back to maths a little bit, yeah. Roy, and just Because... Um, Certainly, my memory of you at Summerfields was as this titanic figure um, in the maths department. But were there any particular tricks, techniques that you developed yourself? I remember you designed uh, a program that taught us about... It was the first computer program I think I'd ever mm. come across about... Um, Almost becoming our own trades. People. Oh yes, um, um, well that was the that was the share dealing project. Or uh, was it? I I did two way. I had an absolute cheat. Robin Osmond, who's I think who's now a high powered merchant banker, made made up sort of with my kind of assistance, but not much. He did most of it. A fabulous kind of economy game. You are the ruler of a country. And then yes. I think there was Hammurabi. Okay. Sort of, it was a kind of spin off which we did at Wellington on old paper producing computers. Okay. And I did one of those at. Um, uh, Summerfields, and I remember a boy suddenly found I couldn't log into my system because a boy was, you know, logged into it, taking my password and was playing it. For and me, I that sounds quite trendy and experimental. No, but no, but real it was only world. because it no. was it was only because teaching basic yeah. is so good. Teaching yeah. base, BBC basic, um, and then we had the share dealing one where they had to select, but then we had troubled parents giving insider deals to their boys. <laughs> Suddenly, boys were buying shares in extraordinary in, on out of their hundred thousand I'd mythically given them. <laughs> And they were, they were, there were boys coming, you know, making immense profits on these completely remote firms. And I just said, well, how do you... I just picked it out of the... And I, I discovered that fathers were getting... <laughs> there was insider trading. Chinese taking, war. Exactly, it was taking place on that. So 
Um, but but I know, for a I, traditionalist like yeah. you, that, that sounds very real-world learning to me. We, uh, is that only a bonus for the, at the end of term? You'd never... Um, the shared dealing one always went on yeah. through the yeah. year, what's now year five. Um, mm. I get so muddled with different schools. Yeah. Summerfields, it must have been the twos, year two, second the, year, form, yeah, yeah, the second yeah, forms. Yeah. Um, uh, the other one was sort of, was me saying, uh, you, you know, let's make up this kind of economy game because, but, but um, I think I've always had in maths, I've always had that focus that um, it is utterly crucial that they pass common entrance in it. And yeah. that's why I was always given the weaker ones for the actual two final two common entrance years. I mean, mm. we shared it round in the twos and the threes, mm. um, but I tended to have the weaker ones. Um, the, I'm, I'm going to be very careful what I say now. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but Andy Bishop and I mm. made sure, and then Peter Paul and I made sure mm. that the, the, the insecure ones were always mm. going to jump the hurdle of common entrance. Did, there was a problem at Summerfields, I would just yeah, say yeah. that, that Aesgarth maths was the easy subject. The Aesgarth mm. boys were super at maths. Right. For some reason, Summerfields, you had these boys who'd been drilled at, they could, they could learn off by rote, and they thought they could learn maths off by rote. Whereas the Aesgarth boys were more open you know, they really hadn't learned anything off by rote. Some of them arrived barely able to read and write, but their 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 brain their brains were more open right. to practicalities. Where you had these very, these very structured little boys from London who'd done everything by rote. They'd never been off without their parents. They never and so some of us are surprised that some, for many boys maths was a problem. Right. They knew their times tables. But yeah. They some of us yeah. was very hard to get them, to get them to realize um, that you had to understand it. It was almost as if you could learn the answer mm. to every fraction calculation. Mm, mm, mm. Whereas, so I arrived from Aesgarth where math was the easy subject. and was a delight to teach it. Yeah. Um, whereas at Summerfields it was a struggle with a lot of boys who were very unreceptive to learning a process as opposed to a fact. Mm, mm. So Latin, they'd happily go away and that, the scourge of all prep schools, the modern languages department, the French department, now, because as you know, only a third of the boys at Eton carry on with French. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's effect effectively French is an irrelevance in the modern world, um, and uh, they're far better off learning Chinese or Spanish. But some of us became besotted with French, mm. um, with a French trip that mm -hmm. made teaching maths with three sets, three classes in a set. They were permanently going off to France. So you, you, you I remember saying, producing an actual thing of how many lessons I had missed. Mm through exams, through the French trips, uh, and so you're, you're yeah. expecting me to cover the curriculum. Yeah, um, with a meagre... With yeah. fewer lessons. So, those boys that were sort of squeezed through the, at age 13, did you hear from them that actually they then found their feet later on with maths? Uh, is it possible? I mean, do you think maths yes. is... is, is um, I, I think, well, now, well, basically, if you can get do common entrance, high-level common entrance, mm. then you think, oh, my God, these GCSE papers are so much... Yeah. so easy. Yeah. There's a problem with the ISEB, which in maths became a real problem in the mid-90s, is that they don't test their papers sufficiently. These papers are not trialled right. enough. They're taken by, what, 15,000, 16,000 children, as opposed to the key stage two tests, which are taken by you know, mm. three-quarters of a million children. Mm. So the key stage two tests of maths, which I have great papers, because it was almost impossible for a clever boy to get the wrong end of the stick. And the maths ISEB, particularly in the early mid-90s, early noughties, you had these questions where boys got the wrong end of the stick because they hadn't, they were written by people who didn't realise, if you haven't mm. trialled it, yeah. 
Um, yeah. And the, the ICB is a bit naughty about not trialling their papers yeah. um, sufficiently. Yeah. Um, but um, if you've done yeah. high-level common entrance, mass GCSE is a doddle. Yeah. Um, and then how does how, how do you think either with history and maths that they sort of stayed with your pupils beyond their school lives did I'm a, you I'm, even I'm, have letters from yes I'm a boys who 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 have who say you know they they are just aware I'm a, I'm, mm. I'm shining my halo yeah, as well but they exactly, say that that's they have a kind of context they have that skeleton of history if you don't mm. if you only do the Tudors and the Second World War you have a very warped view of history, um, the, you know, the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, uh, um, and, uh, you know, that, that um, you, you know, it, 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 you can be a pub bore, um, pub quiz bore, you know, sort of yeah. that level of nerdiness, yeah. or you just have an ability to put things into context. Do you um, there are other things uh, that schools did well, like at some of those, there was the general knowledge test, which seemed mm. to enthrone knowledge uh, yes. around the school generally were there other things that uh, I think I mean, certainly if I take my Temple Grove we learned the capitals of every country as a fun I mean, yeah. you, you, there were ones you had to learn and then it became a bit of a sort of nerdy thing to say a wagadoodoo um, or you know to, 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 to throw out a um, uh, sadly, Upper Vault has now changed its name to Burkina Faso but uh, you know but, but it became a sort of how obscure could you you know and to know your global location I was thinking Global location is mm. is just is the equivalent of history dates. Yeah. Um, uh, um, it's the frame, the context. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I play Paris to Peking. Um, you know, if you you send me to Germany, I can send you back. To, if you send them back to Holland, they're then stuck because they can't get anywhere. I mean, you know, one person goes tries to get to Peking, the other person sends. You can do it with a class, mm, mm, just mm. a little sort of. Um, but I didn't have time. You know, time fillers. The time fillers were sort of. You know, this whole idea of having a little thing that you're going to do to. A plenary activity. Yes. No, quite it's often the end of the lesson would be chaos. Oh my God, it's run over. Quickly shut the books, close and go. Yeah. Which to an inspector is the most appalling way to end a lesson. You haven't structured your. No, I mean, you know, that's why I said that yeah. it really became where I became insecure about that. I, that was what I was doing all wrong, um, and everything that the policy statement said said what I was doing at Summerfields was wrong. Right. During the noughties. So it led to. It led to me becoming incredibly insecure right. about it. You didn't have the um, confidence of your colleagues to say, actually, I think we're probably doing this well, right. Well, John Mayer and people like that said, I'm, I've seen it all. I've seen it come, it goes okay. up. I just carry on. Sometimes I'm in fashion, mm. sometimes I'm out of fashion. Mm. Um, it, a strong it, school of culture it, should be yeah, able to push if I'm back no against good, that. If yeah. I'm no good, yeah. I get sidelined. Yeah. Um, you, I get pushed to one side. Mm. Um, and if I'm... If I'm criminally bad I'll be sacked if mm. I'm uh, if I'm no good you know, a good teacher knows when he's being sidelined well sorry a, yeah. a sensible person knows when they're being sidelined and tries to do something about it yeah um, but um, you know that those types of teachers of the Nick Aldridge's the um, John Mayles specifically taking people who are now dead um, uh, you know the Gavin Hannas uh, you know, the, the, uh, um, they go yeah. in and they go in and out of fashion they're uh, um, you know, and there are similar ones at other schools. Who were the um, best teachers you taught with? Well, Nick, probably. Uh, Aldridge. Um, yes, Nick Aldridge. For those that don't know him, he, he taught scholarship classics yes. and, and English and as English. well. Yeah. What, what uh, English, made... English to, up, to upper third, and then John Mel took him over um, for shell remove, what was it remove. called? Remove. Upper remove. What made him such a great teacher? Uh, because he never planned a lesson, um, and... Uh, and the, 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 just knowing that you were doing 
I'm, I'm, it's funny, you know when the children are interested in your mm. lesson and you know when they're not, at least I do. Mm. Um, and I mean, I'll give you an example. Elstree, last um, Wednesday afternoon, we had a photo outside the front of Dowie Abbey. The choir, about 40 boys, were then put into a vestry, not a lot bigger than this room, which was very hot. So as I said, they had to sit on the floor, because you know, I could see this getting a kettle, mm. literally, and sit on the floor or sit on a chair. So they sit on the floor, sit on the chair, and thinking, ah, this could end up with some... And what's more, we had the headmaster of Pangbourne, who's a parent, over there, and we had a couple of other people sort of who were singing in it who had never seen it. So I said, right, sit. I told them the story of the withered arm. Okay, I was thinking of doing the monkey's paw, but I think this is actually the vestry of an abbey. So I, I just told what monkey's paw, so the withered arm, until the director of music came in mm. and wanted to talk and run through mm. something. So I, so now, some people they might have started. It might have become a problem. Will, yeah. will yeah. you listen? Will yeah. you listen? Yeah. Now stop doing that. Yeah, I didn't have any problems. Yeah. I could tell the withered arm. You know, I had to mesmerise. You know, when the Gertrude Lodge puts her hand against the, you know, I mean, I've read it enough to times <laughs> children. I mean, it's a useful mm. bit of Thomas Hardy. Then in comes the director of music, does a little practice with us so that the, in fact, the headmaster of Pangborn could practice his solo. And then she leaves. And we've got another five minutes to keep these boys who are just unsettled again. So, so we played that game where they've got to count to 20. One boy goes one. I go one. Anybody can say two, but if two people say it, we have to go back to one. We got to four. For five, <laughs> that keeps them... Yeah. Now, I'm... A, you may say that's a bag of tricks. Now I've yeah. learned those mm. little tricks. I wouldn't have been able to do that when I first arrived at Yarlett Hall, but I know what works. Yep. And perhaps because I'm effectively a prep school boy at heart, um, if I'm bored, they're bored. Mm. Um, you know, um, um, everybody knows I can't claps in prize givings. I, at Summerfields, I just stop after a while. I'm, I, when we got on to over five thousand five hundred, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally getting <laughs> clapping away. Um, you know, but. Uh, I mean, if I'm bored, they're bored. Mm. And when I'm... Uh, um, you know, I often tell boys, Churchill's... He gave some talk at some... Charles or Winston? Winston. <laughs> yes, a good point. Um, he gave some talk at um, some conservative association and he knew he had bored them by the end. And, I was, and he said, I'm so sorry, I didn't have time to write a short speech. Mm. And I say to the boys, that is mm. the essence. You know, do you think all those fabulous quotes that we have do you think they came inspirationally well some may have done but he, he you know isn't he the man who said he had all the quips lined up yeah ready for that moment um and uh, um you know i'm probably rambling now. no 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 um, but it, if you have prepared and you know when you're boring people mm. you're pretty good looking like i'm not bored but you <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah. you know I, I can tell when i'm boring people i suppose at least I can't tell if I'm boring you. The, the, the whole I think, idea about the lesson plan, uh, the, the idea that you can still be very prepared without necessarily yeah. evidencing your pre your preparation. Yes. Um, you've had a, you know, a lifetime of preparation. In my, have, yeah, but even when I arrived yeah. at 18, yeah. I'm sure I, pro I didn't make big mistakes. Mm. I remember um, clipping a boy around the ear um, as a joke mm. in an English lesson, you idiot, I yeah. went. And he rather moved into my hand and I hit him harder than I meant to. And he probably goes, Sue, I've got these this day. And, 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 no, I, I sort of, you twit like that. Mm, mm, mm. And I, he sort of, to dodge, mm. he kind of, it all went wrong. Mm. And I can think of one with, with um, Nigel Talbot Rice where he made it seriously wrong in a um, league feast with Archie 
mm, I think I stop there. <laughs> but I mean, he, yeah. he judged it wrong, mm. and he smacked the boy in the face as a joke. And I, I made this boy nearly cry, and I realised, you, you know, I know how much, mm. you, you, you know, you, you learn, because that was the wrong... I had judged the situation wrongly. Now, there are plenty of lessons where I've judged the situation badly. Um, I've lost my temper. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's things that have simply gone wrong. I, I don't think I lose my temper as much as I probably did. Um, whereas quite often people as they get older into their 50s lose their temper more because they find the children frustrating mm. um, what, uh, what makes a great head in, in a great head is somebody who's learnt their trade in a prep school yeah. um, it's, there's no two ways about it the curse of the public school housemaster uh, and because they simply think a prep school is a little proto-public school and it's utterly mm. utterly different mm. um, I would be useless working, teaching in a public school. Um, I mean, I know that from my days each week at Eton. Mm. Um, I, 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 there's no way. I mean, I'm designed to teach in prep schools. Yeah. They are two different things. So, I mean, Nigel learned his trade in a prep school. Mm. Sid learned his trade in a mm. prep school. I mean, Simon Barber learned his trade. Nicol Marston did. Gerald Barber. The great mm. ones. Don, David Carr um, so learned the their trade in prep schools. Intuitive yeah. training for them rather than... It's reading yeah. a policy and saying, oh, we'll do this, this, and this. I think there's been a slight problem with the end of national service. People like Nigel had done national service. They'd learnt how to man-manage. And I think this is across the board. Uh, um, um, I think there's a generation of prep school headmasters who are too fearful of just saying, of, you know, do this, do uh, uh, Nigel's famous, you know, it, 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 he, was, uh, he used the word bollocking once. And uh, um, eventually, I can't remember which female member of staff, at Summerfield says, do we have to use the term bollocking uh, um, at this point? Uh, uh, what about discipline? Because I remember standing outside his study and it was just terrifying to be there. Yeah, waiting Matthew to... James, uh, when he, <laughs> yeah. sorry, Matthew, if you're listening to this, but Matthew James stayed on for an extra year, super chap, um, uh, you know, from a great family, and he just, he and uh, Ewan Davidson, were permanently being unprefected, uh, literally. So, you know, and I remember being in the study with him, where he got a bollocking from Nigel for whatever yeah. crime he'd done. You can see he was a super chap, but he just couldn't help himself going into summertime or doing whatever. He, they were not evil things, but, yeah. you know, I have told you not to do this, you must. I set an example. And he's, he went, sir, I think I'm going to be sick. And fled, <laughs> fled from the study. I, I, I just, because, you know, Nigel could yeah. be... Like that, roasting. I mean, I mean, Nigel um, never bore, never bears a grudge. You're still alive, Nigel. Sorry. <laughs> um, never bears a grudge. So you could have a blazing row in that study, mm. and then afterwards, he's absolutely, mm. completely, and utterly. Once it was agreed yeah. in the study, um, and I've had some of the biggest headmasterly member of staff arguments with Nigel, but once you had convinced him of what it was you wanted to do, or once you had convinced him that you hadn't done what he said you had done, um, you were outside the door, it was the same front in front of the boys, and he's never, he never bears a grudge. So, and do you think it's good for boys to, um, for their sort of moral and ethical development, to, to, to have such a strong disciplinary figure at the head of a school who, yes. in, in a sense, no acts as the role of I mean, you, 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 yeah. you and I both know that 
and this is true in public schools and it's true in prep schools, headmasters, whether they be Anthony Selden, Nigel Talbot Rice, they are a weird breed. Yeah. And if the children don't instantly sit up, don't instantly be, become aware that there is somebody slightly different coming into the room, um, then yeah. you know, they, they, then, then there's, there's a little bit of a problem. Mm. Do you think you can learn that um, presence? It must be so awful if you want to be a prep school headmaster no, and you realise you don't have that presence. Um, I, think, I think you can if you're lucky enough to have been in the presence of a David Carr, in my mm. case, a Nigel Talbot Rice, I'm a, I'm a Gerald Nickel, mm. um, Sid and Simon, Barber. Did you um, ever want to be a head yourself, Rory? Uh, I thought I did. I discovered I can't manage my colleagues. I'm over to sacked everybody. It's as simple as that. And that's what I discovered <laughs> at Summerfields. Uh, you know, just, um, I just assumed, I can remember years back at Aysgarth, Stuart Tate, who was the senior master, very gently taking me to one side, because I, you know, we were talking about how we couldn't fit everything into the term, and I, I said at a staff meeting, well, it's just simple. If we did an extra week of term, we could just spread it up, and all these stuff, because I was so keen on teaching, and, I, and suddenly realised, you do realise you would make yourself incredibly unpopular. As I said, you know, because for me, the holidays were a bit, bit, bit sort of boring, you know, so, um, whereas, because... When there were bachelor members of staff in those mm. days who effectively mm. you immersed yourself completely yeah. in the school. Yeah. All other outside considerations had gone. Mm. What's the two greatest things? Free access to a photocopier <laughs> and a smart board. The, right. the two things yeah. I have loved. Their introduction. Their introduction. So they're, they're Nothing new... else. <laughs> Nothing else. The smart <laughs> board is smart. fantastic. And uh, uh, Because now I can show pictures of Crack de Chevalier. In, when I was at Asia, yeah. I used to have to draw. Uh, you know, um, um, you know, the used to, used to have to use the backs of pieces of paper. The school was so short of money wow. that you used. So I remember handing out one of Anne Flowers' science preps in the schoolroom, which is no longer there, um, and the back had the minutes of the governor's meeting with sale of Newton Bank because the school was <laughs> selling off land in order to stop going bankrupt and boys going, so you know uh, staff redundancy sale of new I don't know I think we'll have well, that sounds like you back with and just go and draw draw a set of ovaries or something which was always given because there was a member of staff who couldn't stand and on purpose used to give the boys labelling unfortunate <laughs> diagrams because there was a member like, this is absolutely disgusting. People who know Aysgarth will know who I'm talking about. This is absolutely disgusting. It's absolute muck, this science prep. I'm not having this put out in front of I Actually, it's more of a Nottinghamshire accent. But, uh, but people from Aysgarth will know exactly who I'm talking about. Uh, but she did it specifically on purpose. This is also a member of staff that when John Hodgkinson announced he was changing the report form because he didn't like the previous one, um, and this, um, he'd been about, yeah, um, it's a, uh, yeah, you can't do that, headmaster. And John said, no, no, at the end, it's the beginning of term meeting, at the end of this term, I'm going to have a new report form. So I want to form a, you know, a committee to, you know, what's going to be. And anyway, you can't. You talk geography and art. And John said, well, it's the end of term. You know, I've written these reports for this term. And he was always a term in advance. <laughs> in order that if you felt ill at the end of term, they were all written. So he wrote so, was The weird thing is, his reports are fairly accurate about the children. So he would write the ter- report at the beginning of the term, uh, in the holidays, ready to hand in at the end of term. Um, that's the way things... Yeah. Well, it's just... I, don't, it's that, yeah. I do accept such things yeah. are unacceptable, but also I accept 
uh, but what I think people must accept that ch parents who um, Ridian was mm. quite clear about this, wasn't he? About the way that I feel so sorry for a child, and I'm not saying which prep school this is, but there are prep schools where parents have come back into the end of term tea party, clutching the report and have bearded members away, of staff at that point. No, you stupid yeah. people. Go home with your child, have a few days, and then. And that's the side of things. Why we stopped running savages? We've reckoned a third of the boys in that lodge when we left were there, their parents loved them dearly, but didn't actually want them at home. So when you come to boarding point, which you put down the bottom, this is really where I, where I have a problem with boarding. Um, those children who come from normal families, no trouble at all. Um, and when I say a normal family, um, I'm going to be really reactionary here, because I've got one set where the husband took time out because the wife was the high flyer. Mm. Um, and I've got other ones where I know where wives have taken the time out. They have a parent at home until they're five. Um, and those children are balanced. The ones who've gone off to nursery or been brought up by Filipinos or any other non-British mm. traditional people, they are not. And you have these children who, the, it's awfully lovely having these children, but it's an awful interruption to my career. So you find that they, in the holidays, you say, where have you been in the holidays? Oh, I've been off to the Bermuda with the such and suches. Then we went to Scotland with the such and such. Then they parcel their children around. One set of parents takes two weeks off and takes about a party of a whole load of other children and spoils them rotten and Mauritius. And they don't actually spend any time at home. Mm -hmm. um, and for me, at my prep school, all right, vast majority was the mothers who didn't work. Um, um, but I, I have seen instances, one of my goddaughters... Um, her father, the mother was going to make much more money, she's carried on with a career, mm -hmm. and he's taken time out to bring up two lovely girls, and it, 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 the, the other thing is divorce please parents who listen to this if you die, your children get over it quicker than if you divorce and send them to a boarding school, and all parents of divorced children should understand that their children at boarding school really, really think if I was at home mm. I could get mummy and daddy back together again I'm a, you know I'm a, some fields have been very unlucky with parental deaths those children have not been damaged they think their mother or father is in heaven it's, it's final it's something they cannot but yeah. they all the divorcee children I remember a father at Summerfield saying to me um, dropping off his son arriving into the second form uh, um, and saying to me um, Freddie doesn't know this but whatever the mother's name was, I forget, and I have decided to part amicably. And I said to him, well, could you not stay together amicably for a bit longer? And I, and I, I was that blunt. Mm. Um, mm. Another, another email I've just got before you press on. Um, I, I remember uh, you know, uh, uh, Ludgrove parents, I'd have got the email still, because I thought I wasn't going to go back to teaching. I wrote in it, if you treat the staff at Eton in the way that you've treated me, you'll make your son's progress through that school so much harder than it needs to be. Um, and, you know, we are human. Mm, mm, you, mm, you shouted us. You know, we're not... The question is the state of the human. Are you human or are you just uh, staff? You know, yeah. Ch chapel. Which it's comes to the whole human yeah. resources issue. Yes. Uh, um, the, the, the other huge change that I have seen is the growth in schools of people who are nothing to do with teaching. And who don't understand teachers and don't understand, and who are jealous of our contact with children, and whose only thing you know at Summerfields that there's, they've got nothing to do because they produce another thing about producing badges for the car park. This whole thing, they these people 
um, look upon us as a resource, mm. and they used to be there to help us. Now they think, and there have been big problems with human resources departments in big schools. Those people at that school will know who I'm talking about. But they, you know, they just simply don't understand that their role in the school is to facilitate the teaching. Mm. And we are the ones, as teachers, who are there to make sure that the children are... And, you know, and uh, there, was, there was no bursar at my prep school. Mm. There was no bursar at Yarlot Hall. There was no bursar at... The head, the, no, the head just the head yeah. signed the checks. I think, yeah. you know, they just went. He had Mrs Ticehurst, who was the school secretary. I mean, presumably somebody banked the checks. Gerald Barber had no bursar at Ludgrove. Mm. Um, um, when I went to Ludgrove, there was no bursar. John Vaux, lovely chap up, up at Yorkshire, you went into his office and you said, and he just, he did his best to help you. Mm. He never, you know, you never, he was the bursar, but he would never cross his mind to be difficult. Mm. And we are on a very rigid yeah. timetable. We don't work with other adults. We work yeah. with children. That's why I've yeah. been a star from. I never work with my colleagues. You know, I, I'm doing my work on my own. And I sound like a dinosaur because I am a dinosaur. I refuse to carry a mobile phone. This is because I refuse to let them email me. Um, you know, it's as simple as that. I, I, I will not answer the, and fill in these stupid forms. Um, I suppose that those members of staff have had such a different initiation into the whole culture of prep school yeah. than you did. I mean, you, not only were you a boy, but that whole journey from 18 onwards is a, a process of initiation. And admin staff on the whole... I think, I th yes, and I think the point is that all schools in Britain, I think, mm. ran from a basic British way of doing yep. things from the 50s and the 60s, of which I caught the end of it in the yep. 70s, and it's carried on into uh, at Ludgrove, and to a certain yep. extent, and Ludgrove and Sunningdale, yep. and slight extent, a couple of other schools, but not Summerfields, I'm afraid, still have that ethos. Yep. Okay, um, Summerfields threw the baby out of the bathwater with the dining room, a school that does not eat together with set places, a school with a cafeteria system where you go in, you sit with your friends, you chuck it away at the end. You go into the Summerfields dining room, you, and I've been there on a work day, you see staff all collected at one table, some staff talk mm. to the boys, you talk to boys, um, uh, trying to think which member headmaster said he could tell the good ones because looking around the room, um, you could see the ones who liked talking to the boys yeah. at lunch. Yeah. Um, and yeah. if you're not prepared to stand at the end, doling out and slapping out the small, food. Small, medium or large. Yeah, small, medium or large, as it goes down medium the table. Large. Yeah. Teaching them manners, waiting. Yeah. Mm. Um, I was an old Wellingtonian colleague, uh, sort of chap in my year at Wellington, I had two boys at Sumfield, so I was his tutor to the older one. And this boy suddenly revealed to me, I haven't eaten anything. I just take it, I'm just living on the toast in the evening. I take the food, I sign, I get ticked in, mm. I take the food, I chuck it in the bin, and I go out again. Um, and I, mm. when they went over to that, I, the staff had to sit at the end of the tables. Some sort of settled. I, so I sat at the. You'd see a table of boys. So you'd sit at the seat at the end. Well, they finished their meal. Mm. Bye, sir. We're off. And then I'd be yeah. eating my yeah. pudding. Yeah. Yeah. And then a boy who'd had a late music lesson would come in and put a tray down beside me. And I go, I'm not. Let's And I'm not going to leave mm. that boy mm. on his own. So I'd sit there for ages wait please eat up you know and because he's chatting he's going to yeah. eat slowly but you know you can yeah but uh, it's you so know, important elstree if there's a boy who's too slow on the table i go right you're on silence but everybody else has got to tell you a joke so that you choke 
as you're eating your food. Come on, I want good jokes from all the people who finished. You go, he can't talk anymore because he's finishing up. Uh, but, and uh, you know, so, and then you know, so, but, but at a school that doesn't eat together, mm. the gossip yeah. in the dining room. I remember asking a removes boy in my final phase at Summerfields. He'd been in school for four years with a fifth, a boy in the year above him. And I said, "Could you take this to such?" I don't know. I don't know who he, don't know who he is. He, wore, he wasn't a well-known boy. I mean, I'm a, a sort of captain of the first team. But I said, have you been in the school for four years with him? I'm conscious of uh, yes, lunch, lunch yeah, calling. Exactly. Right? But you think about sort of um, the next generation or two. If there was one thing you were hopeful for, or one thing you were one, concerned yes, about. Yes, I mean, I've, I've yeah. on, I've, the one thing I think is the boys see through the crap. Yeah. Uh, the children are your I don't know if the girls do, but certainly from the Burford School girls that I come through, they're seeing through the crap as yeah. well. They can tell who the good teachers are. That so I do genuinely think my faith in human nature is there, that regardless of of the ridiculous level of um, bureaucratic. Uh, bureaucratic nonsense yeah. that is thrown at them, but the reason with all the PC crap that has been thrown at children since the seventies in the obviously the 93% who are educated in the state, that still that British bloody-mindedness yeah. comes through. And I see it in children. If there's one uh, facet of modern education that most worries you, you've talked about quite a few, mm. but if there was one that you think is a real uh, thorn that needs that is in the side of independent prep education and needs to be extracted, what? Oh, what an interesting... Yeah. Sorry, I haven't prepared. Yeah. I haven't no, prepared. sorry. I'm not that I've prepared every single answer. <laughs> I... I think um, it's management that do not know really what superb teaching is. Um, superb teaching is from you know the, from the ancient Greeks is a person who there was a very good Eton question on a general paper um, a, a little while ago about the relationship between teacher and pupil, speaking from five or six hundred BC, and it was so apt then and it's so apt today about the relationship between the mm. teacher has to lead he, he is not simply sort of a primum inter pares he mm. is out there at the front inspiring and um, and leading the lesson the moment you say let's all work from the textbook and i'll come around and help you individually then you know that you're yeah I'm a, the most inspirational university lecturers, the great people, the you know the, the the famous Oxford people who go down in history for delivering stunning lectures. They're not involving group work, handing out scissors and prit sticks, and uh, you know and, and putting them into groups. They are inspiring. The great sermonizers, the great preachers. We, you and I have sat through so many sermons, and I'm sitting through them again at Eton, and I'm sitting through them again at Elstree, and um, we had a Eton housemaster. Um, suddenly take the place of an Eton colleague who was ill. He turned up, he was given Uriah the Hittite as a text selected previously. Um, he had 12 hours warning and f off the cuff he had the boys absolutely there from the moment. And we have people who turn up from public schools and who read out a sermon. Now the moment you know and I know that the moment a sermon is read out, instantly it doesn't work, yeah. the, but the, the, and I say that you know it's the like public speaking that it, it just you've got to have the gift. It kills it. Yeah, yeah. And I say to boys when I'm introducing public speaking, um, I know what I want to say in this lesson. 
but I don't know how I'm going to say it until I'm standing literally constructing this sentence. Yeah. And if I get it wrong, I can tell because you're not listening to yep. me. If I get it right, I know you're, I know you're there. Mm. And, I, and some people have got it and some people haven't. Um, there you go. Rory, thanks so much. That's re really kind of, yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Thank you.